How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. It's got a lot of fun stuff to cover today, so as always, let's go ahead and dive right on into it. Obviously, over the weekend, we had um, UFC Fight Island. I believe this is four now. This is their fourth fight on Fight Island. It might be five. I don't really know. That's on me. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know anything I told you. I am not an expert, as per usual. Um, but a few ex- uh, exciting fights, for sure. Um, let's go ahead and start off with uh, Carlos Condit and Court McGee. Uh, for Carlos Condit, that's his uh, first win since 2015. So first win in five years for Carlos Condit. Uh, was on a five-fight skid up until that point uh, when he beat Court McGee Saturday night. Um I don't know if you guys saw it, but end of the first round, Condon uh, caught him with a, I believe it was a, it was like a shovel hook kind of, it was like a, I don't really know how you would explain it, right, big right hand at the end of the round, uh, save, saved by the bell, Court McGee was, and um, nose is all broken, uh, if you didn't see it, it was about a broken nose, I mean, as broken a nose can be, it was pretty bad. It wasn't, you know, as bad as the like Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler, to where it was shattered completely. But it was, uh, I mean, the side of his nose was uh, touching his cheek there. Pretty bad. And then uh, comes out in that second round and uh, appears his nose is no longer broken. The man reset. His own broken nose in between rounds. Not his corner man. Himself. Not the cut man. Him. Looks down at the end of the round. Uh, start of the second round. And you can see him move his hand. It goes... <laughs> readjusts it. <laughs> it was fucking insane. I had never seen anything like that before. That might be the first time I've ever seen... A fighter reset their own broken nose in a f- during a fight, not after the fight was over. D- during the fight, fucking incredible. Anyway, good fight though. Con- congratulations to Condon. Uh, I think that was the first time I've seen Court McGee fight in a long time. I want to say it was his first fight in like a year and a half, two years. He's been out. He's been in the game for a long time, so is what it is there, but good fight. Glad to see Carlos Condon get a get a win. And that'll bring me to Jermaine Durandamine and uh, Juliana Pena. Uh, looks like Durandamine working on a ground game a little bit. Chokes Juliana Pena unconscious in the third round with a guillotine. Fucking tight guillotine. And it, it was probably one of those things to where... Pena was not worried about, you know, her her submission great, uh, game, especially since Pena's is so uh, good, uh, you know, um, compared to what we usually see out of Durandamine. Obviously, we saw how she did. She fared on the ground in the uh, Amanda Nunes fight. It wasn't good. and uh, But it looks like she's uh, done some improvements on that. Chokes her unconscious. It was probably the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Um Obviously, I'm over-exaggerating, but if you bet on her to win by submission, you probably made a lot of money. (laughs) As I assume the submission odds were fucking... 
incredibly insane. I don't know what they were. Let me go to Verdict real quick and see if I can scoop that up and find it. Yeah, so I picked her to win by knockout in the first round. That didn't happen, obviously. Uh, but if you picked her to submit her, it's a uh, 48 um, time experience boost. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Crazy fight. Absolutely crazy fight. I can't believe that happened. And then it drew, I was almost right. I was almost right. It looked like she was going to knock her out there in the first round. And it just didn't happen is what it is. Uh, it's really fun to watch, though. Uh, so can't just go to the ground with Durandamine anymore, probably. And uh, I think you're going to get away with something. So that's something fighters are going to want to look out for. Speaking of another woman at the 135-pound division... Holly Holm absolutely destroyed Irene Aldana. It wasn't even close. Um, she came close to finishing that fight in the third round. Um, got on top of her, mounted her, and threw some hellacious elbows, some crazy strikes with her hands, obviously with her hands, and um. Just looked absolutely terrifying. And Irene Aldana, who is absolutely no slouch, not just on the ground, but um in as a as a fighter. Um, that last knockout she had versus Caitlin Vieira, um that you I believe that was uh, the last card with a uh, with a crowd at a, I don't remember what UFC it was. It might have been UFC two forty nine. Um it was the Ioana and um Zhang Wei Li fight card that uh, whatever fight whatever two forty seven maybe probably two I think it was two forty seven, um, but yeah knocked her out cold and I was like oh shit Irene Aldana is not here to play, and Aldana is a part of one of the best fights I had ever seen I've mentioned it before um, if you go back and watch on UFC Fight Pass it was on the Fight Pass prelims and U, uh, UFC Chicago UFC two twenty eight I believe that was uh, Wood the Woodley versus Till card, um, the uh, early early prelims she was on. And uh, I was like, okay, I was right about this girl. This girl's fucking terrifying. And Holly Holmes said, hold my ponytail. I'm going to beat this bitch up. <laughs> uh, I don't know who's next for Amanda Nunes. Obviously, she just beat... Um, who she beat at 130? Uh, Durandamine for her at 135. And then she beat... Um, excuse me. Um, who, Felicia Spencer at 45. So maybe these two girls, uh, Holly Holm and Jermaine Durandamine fight and see who's going to be uh, fighting Holly Holm again. Not Holly Holm again, Amanda Nunes again. Or maybe you put in, uh, what's her name? Aspen Ladd in there versus one of those girls and see what happens um, after she comes back from her injury. Don't know what's going to happen, but I know for sure I want to see Holly Holm versus Jermaine, Dur Jermaine Durand. I mean, whatever you do after that's up to you, UFC. But I think that's the fight to make at one th at a women's bantamweight for sure. That's a fucking incredible fight. All right, that'll do it for the card from last week. Guess what? We got more fights this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, at UFC Fight Island. And uh, a lot of newcomers to the card, um, so bear with me. I'm sorry if I mispronounce these names. Uh, I don't know these people yet. There's three newcom two newcomers, I believe. 
It might be even be three. I think two of them are fighting each other on uh, on the card. So uh, anyway, let's get right on into it. First fight on the main event will be, like I said, bear with me. This guy's last name is a lot. Um, Tom Aspinall versus Alan Budo, maybe. I don't know if he's French. Uh, B-A-U-D-O-T, so maybe Budo. I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times before, as you all may know. <laughs> uh, but Aspel is coming off a big TKO win uh, July 25th versus Jake Collier. Uh, just 1-0 in the UFC. That was his UFC debut. I don't. Th I want to say he came off the Contender Series. I don't think he did, though. 8-2 um, and two overall record. 7 of 8 wins by knockout. Uh, the other one was by decision. Um, fun guy to watch. All these, all the new, anybody that's new to heavyweight when they're not fighting like high level competition yet. And the guy they're fighting is much a lower, like much lower level than the individual that, you know, looks really good. Like Tom Aspel did against Jake Collier and Jake Collier is no slouch. I mean, he's a pretty, he's a fairly good fighter. He's a, he's been in the UFC for a little while, but, um, every once in a while you just see different levels. And it might not be the high, and he might not be able to compete. Saying you know, with Cain Velasquez or Stipe or DC or Francis Ngannou or Curtis Blades, but compared to all the all the other guys, he looks fantastic. He's gonna beat all those guys, um, you know, ten and down. I'm not saying Tom Aspel is that guy, but um, you see that every once in a while. Like you see that with Greg Hardy, and you've seen that with uh, uh, Tai Tuivasa was a good example of that in the past where you see like, oh, he's just levels above all the guys that are, you know, new to the UFC and all the guys and all the heavyweights that are, you know, maybe top like 15 to 12. Um, but once he gets, once they get to that, um, higher level, that's when we really see who they are. And I think that could be a guy in Tom Aspel. So if you guys haven't seen him fight, you're definitely going to want to watch this fight, but his opponent, uh, I'm just going to call him Allen because that's his name. Uh, making his UFC debut as an 8-1 overall record. Also has 7 wins by knockout or TKO. Uh, he normally fights at 205 pounds. That's what a sure dog uh, profile said. Um, I don't have a lot of information on this guy. So he will be making his UFC debut at heavyweight as far as I know. But it should be an interesting fight. I don't know who this uh, Allen guy is. So he's a little smaller. So maybe he'll have a little bit of a speed advantage versus Tom Aspel. But uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun fight for sure. I always love watching heavyweights fight. I don't know who doesn't. Moving on. That will bring us to... Marcus Perez. And again, another name that's going to be hard for me to pronounce is uh, Dricus de Palisis. Yeah. D-R-I-C-U-S de P-L-E-S-S-I-S. I'm sorry if you guys don't like me spelling these names out. <laughs> I know it's probably annoying, but I just want you to know how hard these are to pronounce. And I didn't do well in English in high school. That's why I have to do a podcast because no one will hire me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Perez is 2-3 uh, in the UFC. He's been in the UFC for a little while. Uh, he's coming off, coming off a loss in November 2019. So this is the first time he's fought in almost a year uh, versus what? Listen to this name. Wellington Terman. What a great name. Just lost to him. Um, he does have six wins via submission. Um, 
two of which were bo- uh, um, are both his wins in the UFC are wins uh, by submission. Uh, so I haven't really I haven't seen this guy fight. Um, I'm guessing he doesn't have a lot of knockout power. His fight's at 185 pounds, by the way. Um, so I'm guessing he's probably wouldn't want to take this fight to the ground. Um, but the guy he's fighting in Polices is a South African fighter making his UFC debut. Um, another guy that normally fights a weight class down at a 170. I'm guessing it's just kind of a shorter notice uh, fight for him. Um, but yeah, this fight will probably be at 185 pounds. He has an overall record of 14 and two, nine submission victories. So may, we might see these guys cancel each other out. <coughs> Excuse me, and be um, standing up the whole time, which might not be a fun thing to watch because usually two grapplers standing is not fun, a la Ben Askren, and uh, fuck. What is his name? That's terrible. The the great. God damn it. I get hit in the head too much. I need to quit sparring so much. Damien Maya. Olive Ben Asker and Damien Maya. Um, but we'll see what happens. Again, I don't know who this Polisi's guy is. I've never seen him fight before. His record's very impressive. That's a lot of submission victories in 14 and 16 fights. It's over half of your fights. You've won by submission, so should be interesting. We'll see what happens. And then uh, a fight that's kind of gone under the radar. I, th- I always love watching these two guys fight. Not so much Martin Tybura, but Martin ba- Tybura and Big Ben Rothwell. Um, Tybura was really on a hot streak when he first entered the UFC. He, had three, he was 3-0, I believe, three knockouts, and then he just went on a four-fight losing streak. And... Um, He's kind of made a little bit of a comeback. He's uh, won two fights in a row, but not super, you know, impressive victories. Um, he's uh, really only kind of just taking guys down and laid on them. I know, I know, I like ground stuff too. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, stand him up. This is fucking boring. I'm not one of those Buffalo Wild Wings fans, if you know what I mean. But, I mean, he literally has taken people down and just not try to advance position. Just do enough to not get him to stand up. He hasn't really done much. and He's fought guys that aren't in the top 15. Again, this is obviously one of the, seems to be, he seems to be like one of those guys who uh, might just be a journeyman at the heavyweight division. Just kind of keep people from the top 15 because uh, he's been beaten by the stiff competition he's faced. He's been beaten by pretty handedly. So, uh but 19-6 overall record. Uh, obviously, he was uh, only had one loss coming to the UFC. So, if that makes any sense there. Um, but Ben Roth- Rothwell will be taking... This will be his 51st MMA fight. How insane is that? 51 MMA fights. Um, he made a comeback 2019 after a two-year suspension. Because, you know, he got caught doing the... Uh, the old injections there. Um, I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was straight steroids. Like it wasn't like a tainted supplement or anything like this. Homeboy was taking everything. He's like, what do you got GNC? Give me all of it. Also, Hey, I'm going to smuggle some Mexican supplements over the border and take those too. 
I think. That's what I was told. Don't quote me on that. I didn't do any research on it. I don't know for sure. That's what I was told, okay? My sources told me that. I don't have sources. I think it was uh, Rogan's podcast, and it was uh, definitely Brennan's job. Anyway, um, but uh, he's coming off two wins uh, versus Stefan Struve, where, I mean, let's be honest, he really didn't win that fight. He was getting his ass kicked for most of it, and then he kicked Stefan Struve in the dick 37 times, it seemed, and then Dan Mergliata basically made Stefan Struve keep fighting. And then uh, coming off a win as well versus Ovin St. Prue, where he looked okay. Split decision. I had St. Prue winning that fight. But it is what it is. Um, there's another insane uh, record for his. Uh, 28 knockouts in his career. That's a lot of fights. That's a lot of knockouts. I don't. Most people haven't fought 28 times. Like Ty Burr has fought. What, was, what is that? 25 times, so he has more knockouts than Tybura has fights, which is an insane, and in my opinion, advantage. Obviously, Rothwell's a little older now. Tybura's obviously younger than him, but having just more knockouts than you have fights is an extreme advantage to me, and uh, I believe Rothwell will win this fight. Go three. That's fucking crazy. He's going to go three and one uh, more than likely in his uh, UFC comeback. I think he's like 38, 39 years old, so congratulations to Ben Rothwell. Hopefully he's done off the uh, the old steroids. And then a fight that I was excited to see in uh Excuse me, I'm so tired. It's not even that early. It's like 10 a.m. I need to wake up. Anyway, if I, I was excited to see in uh in the co-main event spot. More, I can't speak today, man. In the co-main event spot in a uh, Makwan Amerikani versus Edson Barbosa at 145 pounds. Um, I'm surprised Edson is fighting at 145. Still, he hasn't really. It hasn't really helped him. He lost to Ige in a close fight. Um, I believe that was his only fight at 100, 145 pounds that he's had. But um, he looked okay. I mean, I don't know if the weight cut affected him a lot. Um, but let's go back to Amir Khani for a second. Um, just coming off a submission victory at UFC 251. So that was the Usman versus uh, Masvidal card at Fight Island um, versus Danny Henry. 6-2 uh, and two record in the UFC. Um, 11 of his 16 wins are via submission, which is where Edson Barbosa has kind of had, um, he's not actually really hasn't had a problem against submission guys. I think this is really his first guy who's had this many submission victories, uh, victories as a guy he's been fighting. Um, not, I wouldn't really call Mirakani a submission specialist, um, but it's definitely what he goes to his striking as well as, uh, very, very polished and very good. And he's definitely dangerous on the feet. Um, but if I'm Amir Khani and you fighting a guy like Barbosa, uh, who has vicious leg kicks and vicious, obviously we've seen vicious wheel kicks. Um, I don't know if that's a, a game you're going to want to play with him. Uh, but like I said, this is Barbosa's second fight at 145 pounds. Uh, the man is one in five in his last six fights. Losses to Justin Gaethje, Paul Felder, Dan Ige, all in his last three. Um, but has only been submitted twice in his career as a counterpoint to uh, Amir Khani's 11 uh, submission victories. So obviously he's not a, you know, 
He doesn't submit easily. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I think if you're Brazilian and a fighter and not a black belt in jiu-jitsu, that it's a war crime and they will prosecute you for it. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I don't think I don't see Barbosa winning this fight. Um, I'm probably gonna take Amir Khani in this fight, probably by submission or decision. It'll be I think it'll be a fun fight though. It's definitely one you guys are gonna wanna. <coughs> Jesus, what is wrong with me? Uh, tune into for sure. So uh, a fun fight, definitely watch it. That will now bring us to the main event of the evening. A fun, exciting fight between Bantamweights here. Top-ranked top Bantamweights in Marlon Marias and Corey Sanhagen. Um, obviously, Corey Sanhagen coming off that submission loss at UFC 250 to Aljermaine Sterling. Uh, but other than that, was 5-0 up until that point. Now 5-1. and one. Um, Has never been finished with strikes, which is Marlon Marias's, you know, expertise is uh, knocking people out. I mean, he submitted people too, but he, the man knocks... The man hits people fucking hard. I know he lost that Cejudo fight, but he hit Cejudo with some shit, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know if this is too much too early for Corey Sanhagen. Um, they've kind of, I mean, I know they like to push guys sometimes. They they might be pushing this guy a little bit too early, you know, fighting to, against um. What's his name? Aljermaine Sterling, I mean, when you get submitted in a minute, when you get choked completely unconscious in a minute and a half, I don't know if you just go ahead and fight the top three ranked contender after that, if you know what I mean. I don't know if you're like, oh, yeah, you just got choked out by number six. Let's go give him number three immediately afterwards. But it is what it is. Corey Sanhagen's a tough kid. Um, Marlon Marias is not at all a newcomer. As Corey Sanhagen kind of is. Marias is 23-6. and six. He fought a bunch of fights in World Series of Fighting. 5-2 and two record overall in the UFC. His only losses are to his first loss to uh, Rafael Asuncao in his first fight in the UFC. Which is, I mean, Asuncao is a goddamn killer. And then you lose to the champion in Henry Cejudo, who's one of the greatest, as he says, combat athletes of all time. The cringe king. Fuck that guy. I'm just kidding. I love Cejudo. But uh, this is only his second fight. Um, after losing that fight to Cejudo at UFC 238, um, fucking heavy hands, great leg kicks, has the fastest switch kick I have ever seen in my goddamn life, and is no slouch on the ground, black belt jiu-jitsu, can submit you from anywhere, um, obviously we saw that in his second fight versus the Sun Sao, it's gonna be a really interesting fight, I don't see how, any way that Unfortunately, Sanhagen can win this fight. I mean, obviously, there's ways Sanhagen can win this fight. I just don't I don't see it. I think uh, Marias is too big and too strong for him. I think it's, like I said, too much too early for Sanhagen. I think Sanhagen goes night-night in this fight. Um, I don't see this fight going to the decision. I could be surprised. I think the only reason Sanhagen's going to win if he takes him into deep waters, um, you know, third, fourth, fifth round, kind of where he had struggles against Cejudo when he got tired. And... Um, and submits him there, but that's that's really the only place I see Sanhagen winning this fight. Definitely tune into it. Going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that's kind of about all I got today. I got a couple of fun, thi a couple of just news that happened uh, yesterday and throughout the week. Uh, Usman versus Gilbert Burns has been postponed. Uh, Usman has an undisclosed an injury that has been not being disclosed at this time that he needs a little more time to recover from. You know. 
won't be uh, available in November. He said more like December, January, possibly February for that. So that being said, what are we doing with for UFC 250, uh, 55? Or was it 256 where they were supposed to fight? I don't know. What are we doing there? Could we be getting Conor versus Poirier? Did someone say Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier? I would pay $60 for that. That's a fun fight. I want to see Conor again. I want to see Poirier again. Why not do that fight? They've been fighting. They've been talking about doing fights for charity. Let's do a charity fight. You know, make ha- maybe maybe we do uh, profits to the uh, victims of COVID like Conor wanted to do. Or maybe we do it for the Good Fight uh, Foundation. I think that might have been it. I don't think it was Poirier, not, um, COVID, whatever, relief fund or whatever. But I think it was the Good Fight. But, yeah, that's a fight I want to see. I think a lot of other people would like to see. Um, that being said, that's all I got for you guys today. A little short one. I apologize. Uh, I also apologize. No podcast last week. I was just a little busy. A lot of shit going on in my life right now. Uh, but I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning into the show. Thank you for following me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. I'm back on TikTok now. Uh, I'll be posting on there again. I deleted it because I didn't want the Chinese government to have my information, even though they already do. Uh, But I was one of those guys. But uh, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a good one.